gets away. And it's been a long time coming. The Baylor Bears are back in the Final Four for the first time in 71 years. It's BetQL Daily with Joe Ostrowski on the BetQL Audio Network. For some reason, it feels like it's been a while, but we get back to the college basketball this weekend with the Final Four and the championship game on Monday. Joe Ostrowski, Chris Ranji here on The Bet, 1430 in Denver, 105.9 FM HD2 in Chicago, 93.1 FM HD3 in Los Angeles, live on the Odyssey app and the Odyssey Sports YouTube page. So let's bring in John Gassaway at John Gassaway on Twitter, ESPN college basketball writer and author of Miracles on the Hardwood. Make sure you, uh, you check that out. Amazon or wherever you get your books you can order a copy there. Uh, John, I know we're not supposed to root. Well, we can because we bet, but you know, I know you're not a guy that's rooting for teams aside from the Illini, but you really want Baylor Gonzaga, right? <laughs> first of all thank, thank you for the book plug much appreciated uh you know uh the me of two months ago i you know the, there's even a tweet <laughs> saying that I, I i would have to go uh, excavate it but that was before uh baylor paused and uh, they have come back as strong as ever in in one thing they do but they lost another thing they do they they are still forcing turnovers like crazy uh, but they used to shoot just as well as Gonzaga. That's what we were talking about in January. We were saying, my gosh, these are two of the most amazing teams ever. Uh, they're not doing that anymore. And uh, this is a different team. I give them full credit, you know, for being at the final four and they are strong enough and good enough uh, on defense, forcing turnovers uh, to win a national title. But it's a little different uh, dynamic than what we were seeing in January and the odds from guys like Ken Pomeroy and from 538 reflect that. Uh, it's, it's Gonzaga that's the, the favorite here. If, if we were holding this tournament in January, I, I think the numbers would be very different. But uh, I would be happy with either uh, Houston or Baylor going against Gonzaga. Uh, I don't root, but I confess I, I do <laughs> want to see – uh, I do want to see the Zags at least go for history. Uh, I want to see them at least win one more game. That that would be a really cool national championship game, win or lose. It, what's amazing about the tournament uh, is, you know, at the beginning of it, you've got all of these teams. Everybody has, like, it, it's almost like opening day in baseball that we just, you know, went through. Everybody has hopes for the season. And then here we are, and it's like three weeks later. And it's the two teams you kind of expect and it's not settled yet, but it's the two teams we expect getting to the finals, and it's probably going to happen. That, to me, is what is remarkable about the tournament, that no matter how many teams get in, it usually dwindles down to probably the two best teams that make it to the championship game. Right. And there there must be something terribly wrong with the teams that didn't make it, you know? I mean, it, it's just so brutal. <laughs> <laughs> because we're, we're talking, we're, you know, we're talking about four out of 68. And now after tomorrow night, we'll be talking about two. So, yeah, everybody has to lose. But, oh, you know, Michigan, you know, here's, here's your problem. And in Illinois, you're even worse. You know, you didn't make it even that far. So, you know, it's, it's the remorseless way that this math works. We do it every time. And, you know, not every time is it the two, 2011 was historically wacky. But 
Uh, as fans, mostly, I think we do like it when we get our upsets the, the first weekend, but then uh, the cream rises to the crop. Enough of it survives, and we do get a couple of really high seeds at the end. And uh, we think we might get, well, we'll definitely get that on one side because there's a one playing a two. <laughs> and uh, UCLA is on a, on a historic run here, and they're not done yet. So they'll have something to say about that. With John Gasway from ESPN talking about the Final Four kicking off tomorrow. And let's go with that first matchup, Baylor and Houston. The Bears are favored by five, total of 134 and a half. Um, it, it sounds, John, like the, the way Baylor is playing right now, like, yeah, they're the five-point favorite, but you certainly believe that Houston could pull off the upset. I do. Um, the thing is that Houston is just uh, outstanding at rebounding at both ends of the floor, and uh, Baylor can have problems specifically on the defensive class. That's not how they live. Uh, they that doesn't matter for that matters in fact less for Baylor than it would any other team in the field because they they generate so many takeaways that even if they are uh, relatively uh, underwhelming on the defensive class you're talking about a small number of, of possessions there so they have gotten away with it they can get away with it I'm not saying that you know Houston's going to run away with this thing because they can offensive rebound but I, I do expect that this is going to be a close game. I do expect Houston to uh, take this uh, past the final TV timeout because, you know, they don't need to make shots. That's not how they work at all. Uh, What they need to do is get shots up on the rim because, A, that will say they haven't committed a turnover yet. You know, that that vexes Baylor one way. And then, B, they've got an outstanding shot at, you know, getting a second chance. Uh, tough on defense, obviously, and if Quentin Grimes can make some threes, that will help. But I really expect a, a very good game there. And really, John, this seems like, and, and maybe this is just too simple of a way to put it, but if Houston can limit Baylor from making three points, uh, from making three pointers, and that's a team that's the best in the country or one of the best in the country at uh, three point efficiency. Is it just that simple? If you can limit the amount of damage they do from the outside, Houston wins this game? Yeah, I mean, obviously, if if uh, Baylor is hitting from outside, that, that changes things. They still look great on paper. Uh, the reality is uh, what's on paper is substantially uh, a lot of residue from before the, before the COVID pause. Uh, they're, they're, they're shooting has gone from incredible, like Gonzaga level uh, before COVID, to very good now. But uh, there's a big difference. <laughs> They're still very good. And if they if they channel that spirit from, from January times, then, you know, all bets are off. I mean, obviously, they can, uh, they, they can put this away if they're both making threes and recording takeaways. So you're exactly right. And the vexing thing for an opponent is, uh, you know, those threes, of course, can come from anywhere, you know, I mean, Teague, Flagler, you know, a reserve, uh, much less the, you know, stars, uh, Mitchell and Butler. So it is a tough assignment. Oh, the total is 134 and a half. Um, with this tough Houston defense, are you ex- expecting a lower scoring affair or maybe over that? You know, uh, that feels about right because I, okay. I do think that uh, Baylor will get uh, their share of takeaways that nobody's been able to hold on to the ball against them uh, terribly well uh, so far. 
and Baylor has played three uh, teams that are good at doing that. Uh, Houston is very good at doing that, but uh, I expect that Baylor will, will get its share. And in any event, you know, Houston's not, uh, they're not a high points offense anyway. Um, the variable in this equation is on the Baylor side. And if, you know, if they are on in terms of their shooting, uh, I, I am looking forward to seeing the matchup, you know, between John Giroux and whoever uh, Samson puts him on. I would think he would start on, on Butler, but if Mitchell is causing problems, he could switch to him. And he, he just has a way of taking, you know, your, your most effective scorer out of the game. So uh, I could be uh, mistaken if, you know, there's multiple three-point threats from Baylor, but it, it's going to be tough for either team to score a bunch of points, I would think. The spread is five and Houston being the dog in this game. But to me, it seems like we might be looking at a one possession game. How do you feel about it? I, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, I, I, I think yeah. that this is this has got a tense, close uh, game written all over. I don't want to say rock fights, you know, because <laughs> they both, you know, there's 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 talent on, on both these teams and there's talent on offense. People tend to look past that sometimes with particularly with Houston and there, you know Grimes is is fantastic I expect Mitchell will be guarding him that'll that'll be a great matchup but uh, I think they balance each other out is what I'm saying and I, I don't see uh, either team running away from the other famous last words this tournament has been crazy but that's the way it looks in pants to me John, the primetime matchup, Gonzaga against UCLA. The Zags are favored by 14, a total of 145 and a half. With this uh, Bruins run and and McCronin, it's uh, I I don't know that I've ever seen a, a uh, free throw defense like we've seen from the Bruins. It's really been unbelievable. And to suggest that they're lucky, it, it kind of feels like it's a shot. I don't mean to do that, but man, I, I haven't seen anything like this in a while. <laughs> No, you know, uh, great teams get lucky too. You know, luck, that, that's the nature yeah. of it, is that it, it falls everywhere. <laughs> you know, not just on, you know, mediocre teams, but not that UCLA is mediocre at all. They're in, they're in April. But, I mean, in some senses, you know, Alabama, which was, you know, a, a great team, uh, they too were fortunate in how often opponents missed threes and, until, of course, the opponent was UCLA. So that's, there's no knock at all. And, you know, there's been free throw dif- there's been free throw defense for the Bruins. There's also <laughs> been uh, three-point uh, defense. Uh, their opponents in the tournament, and, of course, there's been five. So this is a <laughs> healthy sample size. Uh, they've shot less than 25% uh, on their threes. It, it's really low. Not the lowest we've ever seen uh, at the Final Four a few years ago. Syracuse bonus were shooting 15%, which is amazing when they got to the Final Four. But uh, UCLA has been fortunate that way. And uh, Alabama and Michigan were a combined 10 of 39. And even one more make from, from either of those teams could have made the difference. So, you know, it's been a, it's been a close thing for the Bruins. But give them full credit, give Johnny Juzang in particular full credit. You know, he, he was good enough to make these, you know, close games when a lot of people would have thought, you know, no, this isn't going to be close against Alabama. This was not going to be close against Michigan. Well, you know, tell that to Juzang, tell that to, you know, his teammates. Uh, they they got it, you know, to the final possession and then they won it. So they, they absolutely deserve the credit. Were you surprised that Roy Williams decided to retire? You know, I was because that's it's just such a big deal. You know, if you look at it in the past tense, 
And, and some people are quick to say this. Well, he's, he's 70 years old and he doesn't like the direction the game is going. And, you know, that's all true. But it, it's just it's it's just such a bombshell. We're not used to seeing uh, coaches at places like, you know, North Carolina or Duke or Kansas, you know, just say, well, but, you know, time to call it a career. Um, that that was a that was a big old boulder falling into the pond, you know. That has huge waves that that shoot out in every direction. But you know, more power to him. He can go uh, he can go play golf and uh, have fun, and uh, he, it, it's a well earned uh, respite. He's he's got some national titles to show for it. And then the next day, uh, we find out minutes ago that Bill Self has signed a lifetime contract, so he will not be leaving Kansas to go over to North Carolina. History will not be repeating itself. Uh, what, what do you think about the next Tar Heels coach? There's been a lot of discussion early on about guys that have been groomed for the job, working under Roy Williams. I don't know about you, but when I hear about a vacancy at North Carolina, I, I'm wondering which coach are they going to nab? Yeah, um, that will be interesting to watch. Uh Going back in in history, you know, all of about what is it, fourteen years? I guess uh, they or no, I'm sorry, seventeen years. But they they struggled with this before. You know, they 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 took a run at Williams, you know, once, and he said no, and he stayed at Kansas for another three years, and they they went with you know Doherty instead, who was also in the, in the family and, and that didn't go well. So, mm-hmm. you know, you can, you can shoot yourself in the foot when you become obsessed with, with staying within the family. And that's, that's not a knock on any of the North Carolina affiliated candidates, but it, uh, it is to say it's a big world, you know, at least put out the feelers to the, the usual suspects in, in the, you know, shoot for the moon category, at least, you know, put out a feeler to Brad Stevens. Why not? You know, all that'll happen is, He'll say no, like he does to everybody. Put out a feeler to Tony Bennett. Why not? You know, and uh, you can always uh, you can always go to the the in-house candidates. But I mean, this is a really good job, and uh, you, you should uh, you should take in the whole 360 degrees of the field. And I trust that's what UNC will do. So KU has actually posted a copy of the agreement um that that you can look at the the contract it's redacted and i haven't gone through all of it because it's a lot of pages but uh it says this agreement shall be a lifetime agreement consisting of a five-year rolling term is that common language in a in a contract for a college basketball head coach you know um these these things like uh lifetime uh agreements <laughs> or you know when conferences lock in uh programs with you know grants of media rights i always kind of chuckle i mean what you're just saying is you know we're we're going to make it a little tougher for lawyers when, when we have to go our separate ways but we're still you know i mean you you can put on your your little you know hat and say you know lifetime contract but uh when push comes to shove if you know, if an NBA, uh, if, if self is interested in an NBA uh, opportunity or if self goes, you know, 0 and 35 for three consecutive years. I mean, what's what's really going to happen here? What, what would we discuss? Yeah. so um, it's it's nice. It's an expression of, you know, mutual uh, accommodation and 
Right, exactly. Uh, sorry, up against it. John Gasway, ESPN College basketball writer. Follow him on Twitter, at John Gasway. Check out his book, Miracles on the Hardwood. We'll bring in Eli Herskovich to talk about these Final Four matchups next on the BetQL Audio Network. It's BetQL Daily on the BetQL Audio Network. For the latest line movement and edges to beat the spread, download the BetQL app today.